Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but sins are reproach to any people. Hello and welcome to Of God and Man, the show whose rankings resemble Timex. That's right, they take a licking, but keep on ticking. <laughs> if you want to reach me, you can reach me at 210-854-8029. Leave me a message and I will try, maybe, uh, to get back to you. Things have been uh, crazy and I'm only getting into town about once a day. But uh, if you want to reach me by email, you can reach me at the letter B, the letter F, the at sign B-R-A-H-M. F-R-E-N-C-H dot com. That's B-F at Bromfrench dot com. Some of you already emailed me at other places, and that is all right as well. So, uh, mothers are a rather unique specimen. They don't look at things the way that you and I uh, or most other people look at them. Mothers are unique. I remember, I believe it was Bill Cosby who had said that, uh, you know, explaining how mothers are unique and said that if you are in a car accident, your mother's only concern is, well, did he have a clean pair of underwear? <laughs> this really does sum up uh, the way that mothers think. And I was speaking just the other day to Aunt June, and that's my aunt in upstate New York. And while we were talking, we uh, got onto the podcast and a story came back to mind that I thought I might share with you. You know, several months ago, we covered a, uh, a topic about living in the past. I'd gotten a call from a pastor who was stuck in yesterday and he didn't understand why people left his church, but they had left his church not a week ago, not a month ago, not even a year ago, but several years ago. And he was stuck in that mindset, which explains why people were still to this day leaving his church because he lived his entire life based on the past. And uh, so I do the radio show. It happens to be, or do the podcast. It happens to be on my anniversary. And so I made a reference, a sly remark uh, about my wife and uh, that, you know, I, I was giving her 20 years ago, I was giving her the right of my life. And then I got onto the topic of living in the past. Now, the topic had stirred up all kinds of debate and discussion. I uh, got some people very riled up, lost some listeners, as a matter of fact, uh, not that I regret that, but uh, lost uh, some friendships. I, I'm, I am sorry that uh, that was necessarily the case. That was not intentional, but uh, just really stirred some things up, talking about people living past. As a matter of fact, I got nasty emails, text messages, messages on Facebook, um, and my phone was just blowing up off the hook and listenership skyrocketed. And, uh, you know, we, we've never quite looked back. But having said all that, in the middle of the chaos that is going on, I'm in the middle of a revival in Tennessee. And so I'm doing the revival and I get out of church and I check my phone and I've got a gazillion text messages and I get on Facebook and I've got messages there. And everywhere I'm turning, people are... Uh, they are very riled up by the topic of discussion living in the past. And so I get a call from my mom. Now, this is mom. This is um, to show how they just don't view things like everybody else. 
<laughs> Mom calls up, and we get to the conversation of the podcast. And as a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, she brought up the podcast. And when she brought up the podcast, I thought to myself, oh boy, here we go. Um, I'm going to hear how uh, how it was just wrong and, and how I didn't do anything right. Her one complaint about the podcast was what you and your wife do is nobody else's business. <laughs> Or something kind of like that. <laughs> Just a uh, breath of fresh air. <laughs> and so while everybody else is so upset because I'm talking about somebody who lives in yesterday, my mom comes along and uh, she's upset. But she's upset because what I said at the beginning of the show was a little risque. <laughs> you know, and I started that show like I do just about every other show, cutting down or uh, ridiculing this uh, godforsaken awful show or its listeners, or its host, or um, apparently its wife, his wife. <laughs> so anyway, there are some other things that have been brought to my attention. I got an, I got an email that I, I managed to get today, open up today. I'm not sure if it was sent today or not, but from our non-transvestite NSA operative. Now real quick, let me answer some questions about that. I've had some people ask, why in the world is this man a non-transvestite and why do you feel it necessary to tell us that he is a non-transvestite NSA operative? So let me answer that question real quick and we'll nip it in the bud so that if you've had a question, you will understand. I've had different people at different times ask me about this. And so this is how it transpired. This gentleman works for the government and uh, works for my show. Um, though his pay by the government is nothing in comparison to his pay by the show, we really take good care of him. <laughs> Just to ask him. <laughs> okay, so he works for the government. Now, technically, I guess he's, he will tell you that he's not in the NSA, but uh, that can't be true. Um, he's just uh, got to be very secretive about it. Several years ago now, two years ago maybe, thereabouts, the government came out and said that they will provide the funds for any of their employees that has decided they are not comfortable or not happy with the gender that God chose for them. And so they will pay for the sex change of their employees, whoever, whether male to female, female to male, they will Bruce Jenner anybody. And so in, uh, in the course of time, it became, and, and the government will pay for this, the federal government will pay for this procedure. And so then it became, well, if you work for the government, you could be a transvestite. Well, if that's the case, I've got an operative that is in the government, that's high up in the government, and for me, is in the NSA, but he is not a transvestite. And I just, from everything I've gathered, he's got no desire to be. And I've got a feeling I'm going to hear from him after this podcast airs. <laughs> so he is our non-transvestite operative. That is how he got his name. Now, he sends me an email sends me an email. Um, I got it today. I think you might have sent it today. And the email talks about in Germany, a four-year-old boy is beaten and stoned because he kicks, uh, kicks a ball, kicks a soccer ball. Now over there, they call it football uh, 
because they're idiots, you know, and our football is an American football, and, you know, anyway. So, as you can tell, I'm not too interested in their culture, but nonetheless, there are refugees that are in a refugee camp in Germany, and a four-year-old boy walks over and kicks a soccer ball. Now, some are saying that it's an accident. And if I'm going to be honest with you, I've got a hard time seeing that it was an accident that the four-year-old boy kicked the soccer ball. I just don't see that as an accident. However, the response in beating him and throwing stones at him and hitting him with a stick just does not seem to equate to the proper punishment for kicking a soccer ball. It just doesn't seem to equate in my thinking as this is the right response. But again, these are refugees from Syria. These are the military-aged men that don't have their emotions in check and whose religion tells them that they can do basically whatever they want to do to somebody else and women don't matter and children don't matter. That's why they hide and will shoot missiles and bullets from a hospital where children and women are instead of being true men. So we see again the problem with this. They're got they, Our non-transvestite NSA operative sent us some more things that I just won't have time to go into today. But it does bring us to the fact that we do need to go through the Quran and find out what in the world these uh, these people believe what in the world makes their world go round and what makes them tick and you can tell it doesn't take much to make them tick <laughs> just not much at all if a four-year-old kicks a soccer ball and it's not my four-year-old but it was my soccer ball can I tell you what I would do a four-year-old could probably kick the soccer ball a whole six feet. This is what I would do. I would walk six feet and pick up the soccer ball and then walk away. I would maybe postpone the game and ask the mother to come or call timeout and get the soccer ball and ask the mother to come get her child and remove the child from the soccer game or the father or whoever is the responsible adult. But beating and kicking, stoning a child four years old just doesn't seem quite appropriate for the supposed crime that was committed. What a doctrine of devils. What a sad commentary. This is one of the reasons I firmly believe that an armed society is a civil society. An armed society is a friendly society. America, we better never give up our arms. We better always keep them because one day those from the Middle East are coming here and our president's already trying to allow them in. They are coming here and we better be prepared. We better be armed and we better warn our children and protect our children and everything else that we have. Tell you what, let me take a break, and we'll go through the Quran, and then after that, we'll go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Hold on just a second.
And there it is, the car crash, the collision, if you will, that is Islam and Christianity or Chrislam or Islam and any other belief. We are going through the Quran. We are in the cow. That is the second chapter of the Quran. We're going to pick up at verse number 63, and we're going to try to go down to verse number 71. This is what it says, O children of Israel, remember when we took your covenant and we raised above you the mount, saying, Hold fast to that which we have given you, and remember that which is therein, so that you may become the pious. Then after that you turned away. Had it not been for the grace and mercy of Allah upon you, indeed you have would have been among the losers. And indeed you knew those amongst you who transgressed in the matter of the Sabbath. We said to them, Be you monkeys despised and rejected. So we made this punishment an example to their own and succeeding generations and a lesson to those who are the pious. And remember when Moses said to his people, Verily Allah commands you that you slaughter a cow. They said, Do you make fun of us? He said, I take Allah's refuge from being among the ignorant and the foolish. They said, Call upon your Lord for us that he may make plain to us what it is. He said, He says, Verily it is a cow neither too old nor too young, but it is between the two conditions. So do what you are commanded. They said, call upon your Lord for us to make plainly to us its color. He said, he says it is a yellow cow, bright in its color, pleasing to the beholders. They said, call upon your Lord for us to make plain to us what it is. Verily to us all cows are alike, and surely if Allah's wills, if Allah wills, we will be guided. He, Moses, says, it is a cow neither trained to till the soil nor water the fields, sound, having no other color except bright yellow. They said, now you have brought the truth. So they slaughtered it, though they were near to not doing it. All right, so let's back up to verse number 63, and we're going to try to make it through the whole thing. Verse 63 of the cow, the second chapter of the Quran. O children of Israel, remember when we took your covenant and we raised above you the mount, saying, Hold fast to that which we have given you. Remember that which is therein so that you may become the pious. Again, remember over and over again, it says we. We raised above you. We gave this to you. Never, never do you read anywhere in the Old Testament or New Testament where God ever refers to himself as the we. It is always, the, the closest you ever get to that is us, as in the royalty us. Uh, let us make man in our own image. And it does not say, then we made man in our own image. But it says that he made man in his own image. An image of God created he, him, male and female. So again, we see the same stumbling block in the Quran. Does, does not truly understand. Let's go to verse 64. And I could spend a little more time. You know, the covenant, go back to the covenant. The covenant really is circumcision. And that's truly the covenant, but uh, that's not what the Quran's trying to say. Let's go to six, verse 64. Then after that you turned away, had it not been for the grace and mercy of Allah upon you. Um, good luck getting a Jew to say that it was the grace and mercy of Allah, because all the Jew has ever seen from those that worship Allah is destruction, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. <laughs> we could go on and on down the list. A Jew will not tell you 
no true Jew would ever tell you that uh, Allah has been merciful or gracious to them. However, Jehovah has been, and those that worship Jesus, they may even tell you that they have been kind to them. Indeed, he would have uh, back up then after you've turned away, had it not been for the grace and mercy of Allah upon you, indeed, you would have been among the losers. All right, go to verse 65. And indeed, you knew those amongst you who transgressed in the matter of the Sabbath. Um, we said to them, be you monkeys, despised and rejected. And so now, yes, we do believe that, uh, and Jews do believe that there is a Sabbath. They write down Saturday, whether if you're in Christianity, it could be Saturday. Seventh-day Adventists believe that it's Saturday. Others practice it on Sunday. But we do believe in that. But uh, nowhere again do I see where the Lord ever says, be you monkeys despised and rejected. Uh, let's go 66. So he made this punishment an example to their own and to succeeding generations and a lesson to all those or to those who are the pious. So we, again, I, I can't get past that we over and over again. We made this punishment an example to their own and to succeeding generations. So we have punished those that do not obey the Sabbath. And the Sabbath, you go through the Old Testament and you will find the Sabbath is very important. And uh, not only the Sabbath in days, but the Sabbath in years. It's a very important part of Judaism. Verse number 67 and remember when Moses said to his people, Verily Allah commands you that you slaughter a cow. They said, Do make do you make fun for us or fun of us? And he said, I take Allah's refuge from being among the ignorant and the foolish. <laughs> Alright, so now where? Where is this that Moses told Israel? Now I, I gotta be honest, some of this stuff I looked up. I went through the uh, Old Testament, through the Torah, and I could not find any resemblance to this where he says do you make fun of us or where Israel says do you make fun of us he says I take Allah's refuge from being among the ignorant and the foolish that's nowhere in there folks that's just nowhere in there they said call upon your Lord for us that he may make plain to us what it is he said he says verily it is a cow neither too old nor too young but it is between the two conditions okay so you've got a cow that uh, you know you're not if you're going to offer sacrifice, you don't want a cow that's too young. You don't want a cow that's too old. Okay, I, I get that. So do uh, what you are commanded. So you're going to offer a cow that's not too old, not too young. They said, call upon your Lord for us. Now, I don't see where it, they do not refer, go through the Torah. You will find, you will not find where they refer to the God of Moses is go back to your God for us. There are times they don't want to talk to him. They want Moses to talk to him, but it's never your God. It's always been a personal God, not somebody else's, but a personal God. Make plain for us a color. He says, he says it's a yellow cow, bright in color, pleasing to the beholders. So I go and I look up the color of the cow. What, what color, what's, is yellow ever even in the uh, Torah. Yes, yellow is there. However, it is a, res a color of sickness, never the color of the cow. I'm going to have to come back and pick up about there later on so we can go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. We'll go through a book that really matters and makes a difference. Hold on just a second. When I come back, we'll go through the Bible in a quadrillion years.
Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but see the reproach to any people. And we are back, and we're about to go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. We are in Genesis, Genesis chapter 39. We're going to pick up at verse number 7. Genesis 39, verse number 7. The Bible says this, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wroteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass that she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. All right, so let's do a quick review, and we're going to go back and look at this a little closer. Remember, Joseph has been, uh, he's a slave in Egypt, but uh, his master is seeing that he's got a relationship with God, he and, and he promotes him. So now Joseph is no longer just a slave, but he is over the entire house of Potiphar, his master. And his master, Potiphar, recognizes Joseph has a relationship with God. And so as he blesses Joseph, God blesses Potiphar. Now we're going to get verse number seven. It comes past after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and is now she's seducing him. She's saying to her, lie to him, lie with me. She is seducing this man who has a relationship with God. Now this is important because we're going to see in just a moment that she never gives up because hell never quits. Hell is constantly going to be on your heels. Temptation is always going to be there. You know, there are some people that think that Jesus was only tempted when he was in the wilderness for 40 days. Now, that was a very obvious temptation. But if he was human, he was tempted more like on a daily basis. Every day he was tempted. Now, there were greater moments of temptation. I totally accept that and believe that. However, when you're tempted, you're tempted. And so he says, uh, no, not so. He refuses, verse 8, and says unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wroteth not what is with me in the house. So he's given me everything. Everything's under my hand. I've gotten, I'm in control of everything. And he hath committed all that he hath into my hand. And so everything that your husband has, he's given me. I've got the house. I've got the possessions. I'm in control of all of this. And there is none greater in the house than I. And so I have this, I'm at the pinnacle of success. Why would I risk being at the pinnacle of success to sleep with the one thing that he has not given me? To take the one thing that is not mine when he's given me everything else. There's none greater in the house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. You are the only thing, speaking to Potiphar's wife, you are the only thing that he has not given to me. And so why would I then take the one thing that he's not given to me when he's given me everything else. Kind of like the tree in the garden with Adam and Eve. Boy, is this starting to make sense. If Joseph would have been Adam, we might have been in better shape. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, well, well, uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, except for, you know, that the fact that Eve was naked. But here, 
Joseph had Potiphar's wife seducing him, and he knew enough to reject it based on his relationship with God. So he's not given, he's not kept anything back from me except for you. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now get this. He could, he, any normal person would have said, how can I do this wickedness and sin against my master, sin against Potiphar? But Joseph had a deeper understanding than just sinning against his boss because he recognized if he sinned, this sin, it's not against just his boss. This sin is against God. And so we recognize this because David, when David falls into sin and commits adultery, he writes a psalm and says, against the only, the only have I sinned, O Lord. And so there is there is a misconception. Well, it won't hurt anybody. Yes, it will. It will hurt your spouse. It probably will hurt the one that you're sleeping with. It, it, but in the end, what it really, who it really hurts is the Lord. It really hurts and damages your relationship with God. And Joseph understood this. And so he says, I will not sin against God doing this wickedness. He could have said, I'm not going to sin against your husband. I'm not going to sin against my job. But no, I'm not going to sin against God. Because after all, God is the one that sees all, knows all. The wife could lie. We're going to find out she does. He could have lied. Joseph could have lied. They could have kept their relationship under wraps. But he says, I refuse to sin against God. And recognize what's done in private will be known in public. So it doesn't matter. Try to hide it all you want. The day will come when it will be revealed and everybody will know. And so let's continue. He says, it comes to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day. So this was not just a one-time occurrence. This was a day after day after day affair. That's probably not the right choice of word with the topic, but it was a day after day after day attempt to have an affair with Joseph. She continued to seek that relationship. Now, pay close attention to this. This is important because the things of this world, the things that hell has to offer, they're going to offer day after day after day after day hoping that they can whittle you down and get you to give in. They're going to constantly be on your heels, just as Potiphar's wife was on the heels of Joseph day after day after day. She would go after him. She would talk to him. She would try to seduce him over and over and over again. And so hell tries to get into your heart and into your mind. The things of the world will attach themselves to you. And sometimes we think that, well, one day is not too bad, and you make it through one day, and you make it through two days. But at some point, eventually you give in. Joseph, being a man of integrity and in a relationship with God, does not give in. But he was close enough. This is good to remember. He was close enough that there was evidence to the contrary. He did not give in, but there was evidence to the contrary because she had his garment. 
when he flees. I haven't gotten to that point yet, and so I, hopefully I'll remember to bring it up. But she's got the evidence because he was close enough to danger. You got to remember that's the other thing about hell and the things of this world. And people that don't live for God, they're always looking for the evidence. What can they find to bring out to say that you really don't have that relationship with God and you really have fallen, you really have messed up? But if you don't give it to them today, that's okay. They'll be back tomorrow. And if you don't give in tomorrow, that's okay. They'll be back the next day and the following and so on and so forth. They don't give up easy. But if you are close to the Lord, he will deliver you. Later, we're going to find that Joseph's cast into prison. And what should be the end of his road is really still just the beginning. What should have finished him off is just the start of a brand new, beautiful walk. And how the Lord is going to deliver him from the prison cell and going to take him to the heights of success in Egypt and use him to deliver his family because he's already shown himself to be a man of integrity and a man who says, I will not sin against God. Even though he could have looked at it and said, it's just my boss, just my boss's wife. But no, I'm not going to sin against God even when hell knocked on his door day after day after day. If Joseph can do it, you and I can do it especially if we've got a relationship with the Lord. Thank you so much for listening. And ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you later.